Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Oh, yes, yes, we are back. Warriors this week. Ten, oh, Jesus. Nine to noon, 10 o'clock, Dan. I'm all, I'm almost an hour ahead. Like, I just got back from Vegas last night. I was out on Radio Row enjoying all the festivities for Super Bowl week. And, of course, it is tomorrow, so make sure to look out for the coverage here on 95.7 The Game. But we got we got dubs to talk, Dan. How you doing, my man? I'm a, you got me? I'm all right. I got you. My- question today is how are you because i'm afraid half of you is still out there in sin city you still here are you intact are you ready to go well the thing is dan anytime you head to las vegas and and i'm sure you know this i'm sure anyone out there listening knows this you you do leave a little bit of yourself whether it's pride whether it's money uh particularly money along with whatever material item you might have left in your your hotel room because you're getting up and you're you're you got to get you got to check out but you're also trying to figure out okay i got to get my bearings what did i leave at the bar last night did i leave a coin on the casino floor where am i at so right now I am physically in San Francisco, California, but you are right. I did leave a little bit of myself in Vegas. Yeah, I can only imagine. Las Vegas in and of itself. I mean, you can go in the middle of February without a Super Bowl, and it's insane. So for the Super Bowl, which has never happened, for everybody in the world to Mm -hmm. ascend on that place, uh, I mean, heads will explode, as I'm sure (laughs) yours did on numerous occasions. Welcome back, my man. Appreciate it. Well, your head was spinning a little bit, but one of the things that kind of was flying under the radar and a lot of the the conversations, obviously, in Las Vegas was swirling around football, but quietly while everyone was out there, Dan, the Warriors were making some noise. I mean, between the last time that we spoke last Saturday and now, you got three wins under their belt. The only loss was an overtime defeat at the hands of Atlanta, but this is a team that right now in the month of February, you know, they're looking at a 4-1 record. And around the trade deadline, which we can all dig into and wonder what they should have done, what they shouldn't have done, ended up uh, trading Corey Joseph to the Indiana Pacers, so sent him across the floor to the other side of the locker room. I mean, the Warriors right now are in a very interesting place, so I'm glad we get to chop it up. Interesting is one way to phrase it. I would say, finally, maybe a good place. Hmm. Um, have they turned that corner? I know we've done shows like this before, but it just feels as though... This time, it looks legitimate. We've talked about identity. A starting five now is in place. I think the road trip, albeit, you know, Brooklyn and Memphis and even Atlanta, the team that they lost to, don't necessarily keep people up at night. But you go, you know, four and one, you win four out of five on not only a road trip, but a road trip that's back east. And I think the way you concluded it really provides a high level of encouragement. Going back-to-back against Philly, who you blow out, and then the next night, an energetic performance as you blow out the Indiana Pacers. So this is as close to legitimate, I think, that we've, we've seen in terms of doing this show. And I'm, I'm slowly beginning to believe that we could be in store for uh, the second half of the season being a serious push, not only to the playing game, Ev, but to make a serious run deep into the playoffs. Well, these are the facts. You're 24-25, and 25, so you are a game below 500, but... You've moved into 10th place, or tie for 10th place for the final playing spot with Utah, who, by the way, look like sellers at the trade deadline. And you're 5-1 and one in the month of, of February. Um, you've won 5 of 6. You're a team that right now is coming off of your third most successful road trip, or third most successful stretch, pardon me, of the season. I guess it would be your second most successful road trip, which was the beginning of the year. But the Warriors have not had a five-game road trip 
and gone four or five. Like they have not won as many games as they did on the road. And we could sit here and go through each individual game and figure out, well, you know, Memphis, that's a shorthanded Grizzlies team, but that's a win on Friday. You had the overtime loss on Saturday, which was deflating because Steph scored 60. Monday at Brooklyn, they were able to win with their defense. And the big story from that game was Clay Thompson not closing that game. On Wednesday in Philly, Wiggins looked like he's returning right before the deadline. Clay's a plus 24, so you defeat a shorthanded Joel Embiid list six team. And then on Thursday, after really making no moves, Curry explodes for 11 threes, and you get that win against a solid Pacers team. So, no, I'm with you. I think there's reason for optimism, but I'm very curious to see how it carries over. For example, like tonight against a team as good as Phoenix. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those measuring sticks. And I I would say this even goes a little bit further back where they, I mean, this this winning streak could be much more extended when you think about their losses. Yeah, they've won five of six, but don't forget the two losses prior to that, mm-hmm. a digit loss to the Lakers and a digit loss to that of Sacramento. Now, of course, you know you could say that about uh, multiple games this year, but just, just to let everybody know that this is not just a recent in terms of them playing well, but rather you know over a good two-week span now where they have played competitive, good basketball, and you know I don't think it's coincidental that it coincides with the return of Draymond Green. We can get into the starting lineup. We can talk about Wiggins, and we can talk about Kaminga, how those two are able to coexist on the floor at the same time. A lot of things going on with this team, including the infusion of the youth. But yeah, you can do it against Memphis. You can do it against Brooklyn, four or five in the row. But if you're really beginning to, to walk down those teams in front of you, if you're really going to make that run, and now is not a time for... You know, for the teases have to come to an end. Now is not a time for you won four or five. Now you lose two in a row. This has to be them making that push. You don't have to win ten in a row, but it's got to be eight of ten, ten of twelve. Run off some wins here, turn the corner, and make that serious push to the finish line. Big big test tonight. Not only because it's Phoenix with Kevin Durant and company, but it's a Phoenix team that has also proverbially turned the corner. Or it looks as though they finally put things together with their big three, Bradley Beal, Booker, and of course Kevin Durant. Well, and of course, you're not in a stretch run, so to speak, but you're in the stretch right before the All-Star break. And that is a place in which you typically see teams not fall off a little bit, but they're inconsistent. They can see the light at the end of the first half tunnel or the pre-All-Star break tunnel. They're trying to get their bodies right and get through these last couple of games. The Warriors are not in that position. They don't appear to be a team that has laid off the gas pedal. But you're right, because of these next four games, you got Phoenix tonight at Utah, and then Wednesday hosting the Clippers, and you got your makeup game from, of course, the tragic passing of Emiliovich, that being rescheduled to, to February 15th. So you got four games between now and the next time that we're going to see each other, Dan, next Saturday. So you do have an opportunity to finish this part of the season strong, and even maybe be above 500. So, for me, and this is kind of the, the macro question I do want to start with. 888-957-9570. Hello to our YouTube chat and on Twitch, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. What's going on, Comcast Business Text Line? The number, again, is 888-957-9570. Evan Giddings with Dan Devona Warriors this week. Where are we at with Golden State? I think that's the place that I want to start because we can dig into you know, the, the trade deadline, the micro stories from each of those four games since the last time we spoke, what's been happening with Golden State, even going back, like you're saying, eight games and the two one-point losses prior to this road trip. Where are we at with the Warriors? Because I, I think the question we had last time was about are they turning a corner? And I I, I was a little bit hesitant. And even, even now, Dan, I am a little bit hesitant to say they've turned that corner. But you're right. They do finally look like a team that has a hierarchy, that has their starting five in place. And that, from an optimistic standpoint, doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon because they've been really good for now pretty much eight or nine games. Well, Really let, since Draymond Green got back. Let, let Uncle Danny help you out here. Let Dr. <laughs> Danny help you out. What, what's, what's keeping you up at nights? What are, your, what are your areas of reservations when it comes to the Warriors going forward? My areas of reservation would be um, depth or, or too much depth. Like, and, you know, kind of some of the questions that I have, I think, stem from the questions we've had, not just from the beginning of the season or even when they were rickety, but also some of the questions that they had last year, because I think a few of those things still remain, even though you're having emergence from younger players. So, you know, Curry, Dre, Clay, Kaminga, and Steve Kerr, those are kind of the five guys that I do have questions about. I think my only question with the Warriors, again, I think that this is what they've been waiting for all year long. This is 
This is why I don't think they did anything at the trade deadline. Again, I think Steph Curry blew into someone's ear and said, hey, listen, we're finally beginning to figure it out. This is the last time to get, this is the last, or the worst time for you to get disruptive and, and start moving pieces on a team that's finally beginning to recognize who they are and where they're going. The only thing that I think that, that should be some level of consternation is, is injuries. Uh, hmm. They're thin because they have depth, but when it comes to their key players, you can't afford to lose Draymond again. All yeah. right? Uh, Draymond is just, you know, you never know with him. But Steph, and I hate to go there, especially after what it is that Steph just did and the, the remarkable road trip, but, I mean, if the last four years have taught us anything is that he usually goes down with an injury at some point. Now, you never want, you never want to wish that on your best player, but just being sort of realistic, going back to 2019 when he, he broke his hand, the, the subluxation, right? With the, is that how you say it? With the shoulder injury, something that John Morant's dealing with a couple of years back. He slipped in Houston and trashed his knee. There's always been something every single year. And it's sort of worked out in a weird way because inadvertently it's provided this load management where he's been very fresh in the postseason and the most important part of the year. But that can't happen this year. You can ill afford to lose Steph right now. And so I guess the only thing that I think is, is a level of concern is with an older team that becomes a little bit more brittle is the injuries. Uh, Chris Paul you can afford to lose, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Clay Thompson, but if Clay Thompson goes down, that's that's certainly not something that should be very alarming to me. But again, it's Steph and it's Draymond. They have to be upright, and because they're not as young as some of the before mentioned, the Jonathan Kamingas and Pajemskis and company, that I, I just wonder, should one of those guys be sidelined? That can really derail things. Oh, 100%. And I think that's how the Warriors have always operated, honestly. If, if Curry misses an extended period of time, you're in trouble. And from what we saw when Draymond, because of his own actions, misses an extended period of time, they... Had some, I think they had a five game win streak, but overall, you know, they were about or below 500. And this is from the 510. So the 510, they're still in a teetering spot where they can easily go down, remain a 500 team, or take off and be a mid round playoff team. Still haven't found their true identity yet. And I think that's where I'm with you, Dan, about not turning the corner, but I think they're starting to find an identity. And that is where you tend to play more consistent basketball because you know what your role is on a given night. I guess if I had a question, it would be once the, the health concern you're talking about writes itself, right? You're getting Gary Payton the second back, it looks like, tonight against Phoenix. Chris Paul is going to be back within the next couple of weeks very soon. You already got Moses Moody back and Draymond Green off suspension. So we're still in a similar place to a month or two ago where Steve Kerr had all of his pieces. He had his 12 guys. But it's explicitly stated that only eight or nine are going to get run on a given evening. And now you might even have to factor someone like Guy Santos or Lester Quinones into the mix, who have been playing better as of late and kind of have had to help. So this is my thing. It's, yes, you're getting healthier. Yes, you're getting players back. But how do those pieces all fit? Because I think that the identity from the starting five and down has been able to stabilize, but how does that get mixed up, or how does that equation become different when you throw different ingredients back into the gumbo pot? I think it's a good problem to have. I see what you're saying, but I'd rather have to deal with, I've got too many good players, how do I fit them in, as opposed to, I'm too thin, and I don't have any depth on my bench. Like, I don't have any quality players that I can deal with. As something that they've, you know, that they experienced last year and in previous seasons. So I get it, but I think it's, I mean, I'd rather want to deal with that scenario than the latter. And he's just going to have to figure it out. I do think that the Chris Paul scenario is something that, are, that we can sink our teeth into because that, that becomes really curious. He's probably me. the biggest piece that would come back in and slot, you know, higher than your seventh or eighth man. But does he fit in? philosophically what they're doing right now? I mean, he was so good with this team. Let's just face it. he has It has worked with Chris Paul. Yeah, he's played well when he's been available. Very well. But with, you know, you look at the pace that they're playing with right now, mm -hmm. and what the young guys have been able to do is provide this energy, and now it looks like the worst. Steph Curry is, you know, he's Steph Curry, but a lot of the threes he's getting now are in transition. 
And you didn't see that early in the year because statistically they were one of the worst basketball teams in terms of getting up and down the floor. And that was always their trademark. And I think a lot of that had to do with the addition of Chris Paul. I'm just curious now that he's been out for so long that we talked about the identity. And the identity of this team has now changed during his absence. And when he returns, do you take a step back? Or how does he work into the fabric of where they're at right now? I guess we might is my question going forward. One, I have that concern, not not a concern, but that question too, because he's going to play. Like, he is going to play. Steve Kerr has shown a willingness and basically, you know, kind of emphasized an importance on Chris Paul's role with this team. My thing is, and Steve Kerr, I, I have, I will give him credit. Like, there seems to be less than there's ever been of an importance of veteran players needing to play big minutes. But, is Chris Paul someone that's going to be okay with potentially getting 20 minutes off the bench? Is he someone that's going to be like, as much as we talk about, okay, well, at the beginning of the year, you know, Chris Paul is supposed to be the sixth man. And he's coming in and he's taking his role and he's taking it in stride. He's being a good team player. And I think he has been a good leader, even off the court for the Warriors this year. But if he comes back and it doesn't look like he's going to be closing every game, which I don't think he necessarily should. Like, the Warriors right now, the combination of Curry and then either Clay or Pajemski at the two, you know, you're looking at, obviously, the, the forward spot, which I think is probably stabilized the most outside of Steph, Kaminga, Wiggins, and Draymond. If that five is on the floor and they're playing well, well, then will Steve Kerr ride the hot hand like he said, I think it was after the um, Monday night game in Brooklyn, or... Would he revert back to what we saw two months ago, which is, well, Moses Moody's making three threes to start the quarter against the Kings, but you're still coming out because Clay's got to get in, Chris Paul's got to get in, and other players that are older and have been in these spots before need to get their minutes. Yeah, I think, well, I can't speak for Coach Kerr, but I think he'd be the first to admit that, you know, that was part of the growing process for him this year. Mm -hmm. And hopefully he's moved on. And it's, it's an old basketball team. Just to sort of oversimplify it, that's. The biggest problem that they have to deal with is that their best players are not only in their 30s, but in their mid-30s. And Chris Paul's 38. Uh, Steph Curry, your best basketball player, is soon to be 36. Still very, very effective. Now, again, that's not a death sentence. And not to say that you can't be any good, you're not relevant. But the reason to me, and it's very simple if you're watching these games, the reason to me why they're playing well now is because of the energy. And why do they have energy? Well, it's because they went young. It's now that Jonathan Kaminga is a starter. Andrew Wiggins, I know it seems as though he's been in the year uh, in the league for the last you know, 25 years, but he's still 28 years of age. Brandon Pajemski. And now you get these two guys from the G League, Kionis as well as Key Santos. And that's all they do is play with energy. That, to me, if someone was to say sum it up in two sentences as to why the Golden State Warriors have turned this proverbial corner, why they're playing well right now, it's that they suddenly have young, fresh legs. And it should jump out to everybody that that is the difference. They have this level of energy that just simply was not there early on in the year. And we've talked about this time and time again, that if they're going to be good, you need that to be sort of the dominant factor to go along with the veteran leadership the guile and the experience that Draymond and Steph provide in Clay to a certain degree. Well, I, I, I do agree that I think there's more depth in this team now, and it shows that other players can play and help in wins. Um, but my thing is, like, you still need your best players to play at their best. And I think they've been successful in their last six, and even going back in their last eight, because you could say, yeah, they're two points away from being, what, eight and ten? Or eight and two over the last ten? So I'm with you on the depth, but my thing is, okay, so <laughs> Draymond's got to continue to play at this level. He's 33 going on 34, right? Curry, you're right, is older. Chris Paul, I, I think he factors less into the equation now, though he'll come in and take some minutes from a player that I'm sure people won't be happy about. Um, most notably, I think Moses Moody. But, okay, so if Curry's playing at this high level, Kaminga looks like he, like, this is who he is. He looks like your number two offensive player, your offensive option, um, and someone defensively that's flexible along with Wiggins. And finally, those guys can coexist. So the Dre Wiggins Kaminga thing is key to me. But those guys have to remain at that level. I think that's to me where the youth comes in. And yes, they're pushing the break and they're playing faster, but they're also relieving heavy minutes off of your best 
players outside of Kaminga because he's 21. But like against Philly, Steph, I don't think even played the fourth quarter of that game, scored nine points on eight shots, and they won. Like those are the kind of games where you say that's where the young team, the younger version of the Warriors needs to show up because you got to be able to stack W's while also resting Curry, Draymond on the front end of a back-to-back and that's why you can go out in Indiana and see Curry shoot the lights out in the first quarter. I think because he's got fresher legs. So that's where I think the added depth will help. I just wonder once you get into those type of games and stretches like four games in the next 7 days against four you know, playoff or play in opponents, how are those legs going to get heavy? How are they going to sustain this type of play over an extended period? Yeah, well, I think the youth helps. And we talk about signs or omens that this team has has suddenly begun to to turn that corner and become sort of the team that, that I think in a best-case scenario people envisioned at the beginning of the year. I think it's those two games against Philadelphia and Indiana that jumped out at me because how many times have we seen the Golden State Warriors have big leads and now we get to the point where we're so jaded, we're like, okay, when's that other shoe going to drop? They're up 18 against Philly, but, you know, Philly's going to come back at some point, right? And the Warriors may or may not win this thing by a point or two. But the fact that they, they ran away and hid from Philadelphia, it felt like Warrior basketball that, that we were really, you know, we've... we've We've grown accustomed to mm-hmm. that, you know, this is the way the Warriors play, where you can rest guys in the fourth quarter and an 18 point lead becomes a 25 point lead, and suddenly it's a laugher and everybody's smiling and it's high fives all the way around. And the same thing with Indiana. You know, I think we've gotten to the point right now where. We, we expect, even with the commanding lead, that the Warriors somehow are going to squander that thing away. But in these last two games, maybe I'm reading too much into it. The fact that they were like, no, we got this and you were able to rest starters, uh, was a strong indication that maybe they're heading in the right direction. Well, with within the scope of their 24 and now 25 season, you could make a case that they are playing their best basketball. They look like they are. Now, the beginning of the season is is one thing. You start 5-1, and 6-2. and two. You have a five-game win streak in December. Those are all good stretches. But, again, my, my question kind of last weekend, and really it was at the beginning of this month, is, okay, so even with those good stretches of basketball, you haven't played over 30 days close to winning basketball since October. Mm-hmm. And ironically, that road back-to-back that they just captured in Philly and Indiana, nothing necessarily to scoff at, is the first time they've done that since the end of October. So if this is finally a Warriors team that's beginning to cultivate an identity, that's beginning to get some help finally, and trust also in their young guys to kind of supplement the older players, well, then I then I, I then think we can talk about them turning the corner. Does that mean they're all of a sudden going to vault themselves into you know top six, top five contention in the West? I'm not so sure just because it's it's still a long ways to go. They're playing better basketball, there's no doubt about that. But right now, they would be five games out of sixth. Sacramento's the sixth seed. Five games is a lot to jump in the final 30-ish of the season. But could they find themselves into an, an eight or a seven where you have that first home playing game? Absolutely. And then you just start to think about this team as becoming dangerous. Like I think the Warriors are capturing attention, not just, of course, here from local fans, but also national people that are looking at, all right, what could be a matchup here? Um, someone like the Miami Heat last year as an eight seed making a run. Could the Warriors be one of those teams? I'm not there yet, but I think that's where people's minds are starting to go. How dangerous can this team be? Well, it has to happen now. This is it. We've we've sat here and we've talked about a team that because of the absence of Draymond, all the things that have gone on with this basketball team. I mean, you're basically a little bit more than halfway through the season and it feels as though we've played 10 years of basketball because of, of the emotional highs and lows that the Warriors have experienced to date. But this has to be it. This is where you make your push. This can't be just speculation. The Warriors now have to prove it. We can see it's all there. It's finally come together. you got your starting lineup. Kaminga is now finally that young player that's, that's flourishing. All the pieces that Wiggins is not the same Wiggins as he was early on in the year. Steph is Steph. You got the the kid Pajemski who hit a little bit of a lull and the wall maybe a month ago. That's over with. Uh, Moses Moody is healthy. This is it. It's time now to to win basketball games and start compiling significant stretches of where you win considerably more than you lose. And I don't think 
you know, walking down whoever's in that five seed or six seed is beyond, you know, the, the realm of possibilities here when it comes to the Warriors because the Warriors are going to have to go on a significant winning streak here and are going to have to play much better basketball. And, and this is it. Like, we cannot sit here next week or the following week and saying, well, it was a tough week and they're showing signs and, well, you know, they, they lost a couple and oh, I, I don't know. It's another head scratcher as to why they lost another one point game. No, that has to be in the past. And if this is really going to be a Warrior team that is going to get into the playoffs and is going to challenge whoever's at the top seed, whether that's Minnesota, OKC, the Clippers, or the Nuggets, it has to start right now. you got about 35, 34 games remaining in the season. You know, Go out and make your push, mm-hmm. and then continue that momentum as you head to the postseason. 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone. This is Warriors This Week, taking up until noon as we do every single Saturday. Let's make a call in before the break and get out to one of our favorites out in D.C. Uh, not calling at 1 a.m. this time. Not even 10 p.m., but about mid-afternoon. What's up, D? How you doing, my man? What's going on, Evan? What's going on, Daddy? What's up, D? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Hmm. Hey, look. I know you guys are very happy with the last few games. We won, we won four, four out of five. That's great. It's great. But, you know, I hate to be a pessimist. But let me put it to you this way. This team is not what it, what, it, what it needs, what it can be, to be honest with you. They failed to make the adjustments that they needed to make at, 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 the, at the trade deadline just to, to, to have a strong push, right? Um, they didn't get the big men that they needed to get. And I'm telling you right now, after the break, you will see. Once we start playing the Western teams, we will go. We will revert back to the same old Warriors that we we have shown to be the last uh, the last few few months. Mm. Mainly because we are older, we are athletic, and we are too short. Once we start playing these big teams, man, we're gonna pay a price. And it is sad to see Warriors fans as well as the front office thinking that they can get by by just. Wasting Steph Curry's, you know, uh, heroic performances on a nightly basis. Yes, I'm happy to see Paz developing. I'm happy to see J.K. playing hard and doing his thing. Yes, I'm happy to see all of that. But overall, to win, you need to have certain pieces in place to actually uh, uh, get all the way to the top. And we don't have that. We do not have that. I don't believe we do. I'd be pleasantly surprised for them to prove me wrong. But I'm telling you right now, Yes, we won the last four out of five, but I can guarantee you within the next few weeks, we will, be, we will revert back to the same old team that we were beginning the season, as well as we the fans, we're still going to be complaining about, oh, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? All right, man, I'm going to hang up and listen to you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call, man. Look, if your glass is half empty, take your call. If your glass is half full, we want to hear from you on the other side. 888-957-9570. Back after this on Warriors This Week with Evan Giddings and Dan Devone on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. 
All right, Evan Giddings and Dan Devone take you up until noon here on a Saturday. That uh, The Warriors today are going to be taking on the Phoenix Suns later on. That's an ABC game, 5.30, of course, right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors Live will be at 4.30. Uh, but we are talking about, Dan, how the Warriors are viewed right now. Because I feel like we've been at this point a couple of times throughout the season, whether it's at the beginning and you're full of the optimism and you know kind of young season energy. Then they dip a little bit back in December. They have the five-game win streak. Kaminga begins to emerge. You look like you're getting Draymond Green back, and then we hit the trade deadline. Not much happens. You're still a game below 500, but you're trending in the right direction. Where's the season going? Where could it head? You got a tough slate of Western Conference opponents coming up. Where are we at with the Golden State Warriors? At 888-957-9570. Because I think you could easily make the case that despite some of the opponents and you know Joel Embiid being out, the Pacers the only, I think, above 500 team that was relatively healthy that they played and defeated on the road trip that this is either the the second or the third best stretch of basketball we've seen from the Warriors but most importantly for right now it's the most recent one and that's what we're clinging to yeah I'm buying I'm buying this team right now I'm all in man I'm all in on this team from now until the finish line because when I think about the supposed best in the NBA and especially out of the Western Conference, who really has shown that they're clearly better than that of the Golden State Warriors? They've been in every single one of these games uh, in their series against Minnesota, OKC, which epitomized sort of the frustrating losses that the Warriors have suffered this year. So, unlike a year ago where it was like Denver, like, yeah, and sort of everybody else, to me it's wide open, and it's very narrow in terms of the gap between where they sit at their seating and the number one seed or the number two seeds the conference. Love to hear what the people have to say. Let's get to some calls, Ev. Yeah, if you're skeptical, if you want to remain loyal, if you look like this team is headed to where you want it to go, we want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. Let's start out in Oakland, get out to the East Bay, bring on Lamont. Lamont, my man, how are you doing? You're on with Evan and Dan. Hey, I'm doing all right, man. I'm headed, uh, I'm going to Lake Chabot. I'm going fishing. I had a long week of working in TK. I'm very exhausted. Um, So I'm just happy Saturday. I'm I'm enjoying it all. What are we getting? Striped bass? What's biting out there? You know, uh, yes, it's a beautiful day. The rain's gone. Um, But, you know, I just, you know, as an Oakland native, I played basketball at Castlemont and Merritt College. You know, um, I love every every barrier team. And, you know, I just, coming from, I I have visions of, you know, and being in elementary school, middle school, and high school when the Warriors were kind of just really making the surge, you know, and and I I look at Sacramento's crowd and, and their, you know, the energy, and that's how the Warriors were, and I think... Our expectations are high, of course. I think we're all spoiled as Barrier fans, but we need to understand that, like, we need to cheer for these guys, win or lose. You, you get what I mean? That's how it used to be. We, we we were trying to be playoff contenders and trying to get to the finals, and we loved it. There were never boos. There were never we – were, we were still loyal, and I think this team probably needs that. Um, we, You know, they have a new venue. Uh, Clay is – I mean, Clay, I'm not going to say he's done, but, I mean, he's injured. So we just got to keep all this stuff, you know, uh, pool's gone. It's a new team. So let's just stay loyal. Let's uh, keep appreciating these guys and uh, give them a little time. Thanks, Lamont. By the way, Castlemont, home of the great Joe Morgan. So my thing with that is, yes, I think, Loyalty is is certainly someone that's that's valued, and, and old Warriors fans understand that this is certainly something that you know you'd love to be in a position to to talk about championships and talk about uh, teams that that are trending up. But again, if I told you Dan that coming into the season that the expectation was the playing tournament. You'd say, why are we talking about the playing tournament? Yeah, and as far as loyalty, hey, listen, man, I get it. But as soon as you started charging me 500 bones for a ticket, 100, <laughs> 100 bucks to park my rig, and 35 for a beer, well, then you, you better... You better show up and win the damn game. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll cheer if you're not very good, and I get the loyalty aspect. But let's let's face it, let's live in the real world. There's some dynamics at work here. I I get it. Listen, the the bar. This isn't Sacramento because when you talk about the Warriors and their level of expectations, not unlike that of the 49ers, it's not to get to the postseason. It's not to even get to the Western Conference Finals. Unfortunately, you're measured by. By championships, you're measured by titles, and that's you know that's the goal for the Golden State Warriors, and it's pretty much NBA championship or bust. As unrealistic as that might sound, 
888-957-9570 is the number, and I think this also kind of surrounds the trade deadline, right? Because anytime a team doesn't make a move, and there's a multitude of factors that go into it, the market determines who's available, and of course how expensive some of those players are, a willingness from other teams to deal with you, what do you have that they want, but you don't want to give it up. Someone like Kaminga, I'm sure, was in any sort of trade talk for a big boy player, and the Warriors, of course, do not want to move him, and I think justifiably so. So, you know, from what I was reading and listening to, it sounded like someone like Alex Caruso was available from Chicago. There were other players around the league, even before Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, that were gettable for Golden State, but that involved Jonathan Kaminga. And that's kind of where the trade talk stopped. And from what people were saying... The Warriors just weren't taking a call the last week or even two if the name Jonathan Kaminga came up. So then how do you upgrade your roster? Did that make it more difficult for the Warriors to not add death, to make the choice, of course, amidst this stretch in which they won four of five on the road, won five of six as a whole, to not want to make a move? Do they seem like a team that is currently constructed is good enough? And what is good enough is that is, you know, to make a run at a non-playing tournament team? Is that just to get into the dance and see what happens? I'm curious where people are at with Golden State Warriors at 888-957-9570. Big Smooth's out in Oakland. Big Smooth, my man. How are you? Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, how how, how you doing? Um, uh, so here's the deal, man. We, we're asking how we're trending. We're trending up. I mean, you can see the, uh, the defense uh, starting to turn. Steph is shooting lights out. Uh, there was no trade that was going to be made that was going to change this team. And they're already going in the right direction. You take on a new person, you gotta, you gotta fold them into the system. That's why there were not a lot of moves made during this, this supposed to, supposedly blockbuster trade deadline. There's a reason for that. And I want to say, all these people calling in, uh, half, half empty, keep that energy when we start winning. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the worst, like you said, if there are no juggernauts, this year. There's no juggernaut. We've been in every game except for that Toronto game, and that kind of showed you mentally we were just out of it. Because that Toronto team, I believe right now we would take them out completely. That was a good – these wins, and, and how many have we lost by one or two or three? See, that's what I'm saying. You have to start counting those. And once Clay starts setting into the, the mindset that, hey, I'm more Ray Allen in his later career than Ray Allen when he was on the Bucks, man, there's, there's no stopping. This team can beat anything <laughs> out there. I'm Fully confident of that. Thanks, Big Smooth. Smooth. That's why they stood pat at the den line, Dan, because they're trending up. I like it. I like it, Smooth. They were also trending up because they were five games below 500. I mean, <laughs> there's nowhere to go but up. Exactly. But but I, I think that's, look, the, the trade deadline is kind of the, um, I, I don't know, like the, the, the small case study for this season, right? Are they good enough? Is it all about just the internal growth? I mean, they, they've made strides in, in a variety of spots. I mean, Kaminga looks like a player that's here to stay, and you want him for a long time. Um, Stephen Curry remains his old dominant self, those, though he's been, I guess, maybe compared to his freakishly high standards, a little more inconsistent this season. Um, Clay Thompson is now someone that doesn't have to close games, and Steve Kerr has shown that, I think it was two out of three of the games at the beginning of the road trip, he didn't want to close with him at all. Draymond Green looks like someone who is back and is a defensive acre. I don't know if he's playing DPOY level basketball, but I can tell you that the defense has been markedly both by the eye test and statistically better since his return. And the bench also looks like it's falling into place. So, so yes, I'm with Big Smooth. They're trending up. Again, my question is, are they trending good enough? Because... One thing that has always kind of caught my eye, Dan, is, okay, how do you play well against teams you should beat, right? Well, the Warriors quietly have beaten teams they're supposed to beat the entire year. Mm -hmm. They're 14-3 and against teams below 500. The issue has not been, you know, wiping away the bottom feeders. The issue has been playing against teams that you might have to play in the playoffs. And that's why I'm very interested to see, number one, how they play tonight against Phoenix. But the teams they have coming up before the break also include the Los Angeles Clippers and a team that may have fizzled a little bit but was scorching hot in the month of December and January, the Utah Jazz twice. So how can you play well against Western Conference opponents' teams? And it all starts tonight. Huge, huge measuring stick tonight. This is one of those games 
that the Golden State Warriors just need to win. You're back at home. It's a Phoenix Suns team that is at the five seed. They're ten games over five hundred. They've they've straightened things out, and now you got Bradley Beal into the mix. By the way, it's going to be Draymond Green and and Nurkic who are going to once again <laughs> say hello to once another yeah. one, one, to one another again. So that'll be always fun to keep an eye on. What do the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> this is, but again, it gets back to how do. When you say, are they good enough, well, how good do you have to be in the Western Conference this year? I get it, it's really competitive, but there is just not, you know, there, to me, there's just, there's not a lot between Minnesota and where the Warriors sit. Because Minnesota, if, you, if you're telling me that's the team that's standing between you and getting to the NBA Finals, yeah, Minnesota's a better team than the Golden State Warriors right now. But... In a playoff series, I mean, I don't know if I'm betting, you know, the house on Minnesota to win that thing, especially when you're talking. The thing about the Golden State Warriors is that this isn't a finished product, is that the beautiful thing about youth is that they only get better and they only get more experience with Every passing game. Jonathan Kaminga is only going to be that much better when you get to the postseason. Pajemski, who the hell knows how much better he's going to get. And then when you think about the youth and the energy that this bench, and suddenly you found you know, this Quinones right under your nose and these kids out of the G League in Gui Santos, and then the return of, of arguably your best defensive player in GP2, there's a high level of optimism with this Golden State Warrior team. Again, I just I point at the Western Conference and the teams that supposedly are way in front of you, the teams that you've got to go out and beat. I just don't see anybody that would keep you up at night. OKC is good. Yes, it's a young, good basketball team. The Clippers have all sorts of talent, no doubt, and also sort of a veteran, older basketball team. But nobody, to me is clearly better than that of the Golden State Warriors where you would say, yeah, the Warriors need a piece or two Hmm. to beat Minnesota. They need another guy or this guy to beat the Thunder. I just don't see it. Interesting. I Well, they need their players to play better if they want to beat Minnesota. Like I know that the Timberwolves may not scare people because you just look on paper and you see the names Rudy Gobert and you see a bunch of 20-year-olds, but that's the number one defensive team in basketball. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the reason why I would feel better about the Warriors, hypothetically, if they have the matchup with the, with the Timberwolves in, in the postseason or whoever, is because they're playing better defensively. They are a markedly better team on the defensive end of the floor than they have been through the first three months of the season than they have been the last five or six games. That's a small sample size. We'll see how things correct themselves or not. I mean, the only team that defensively, um, or I guess offensively, were able to take advantage of them in this road trip was Atlanta. But how does that defense, can it persist, right? Can it sustain itself at a currently very high level? Because in their last five games, per 100 possessions, they're giving up 107. That is about eight or nine points less than league average. So they're playing not just better defense for the Warriors, but they're playing much better defense compared to the entire league. And since Draymond Green has come back the last eight or nine games, they've been a near top five unit defensively. That is That would be my biggest reason for hope because offense is going to be ebbs and flows. You're going to have guys that make shots, miss shots. But the fact that you can go win a game, for example, in Brooklyn, in which you only make four threes and only one person on your roster makes a three... That, to me, is a sign that you have staying power because defensively is something you can control on a night-in-and-night-out basis. Well, you want it to persist? Well, here's a good starting point. Draymond, don't punch Nurkic tonight. <laughs> and I think you have a good shot of this defense. Or anybody, team. for that matter. <laughs> uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone with you here. This is Warriors This Week. Let's go out to San Mateo. Bring on Steel Co. The Steel Co. Is there still a union down there? What's up, Steel? Hey, thank you. Yes, uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed um, Steve Kerr and the Warriors are are really scoring in the paint more, and that's that's very encouraging. And um, I, I was uh, wanted to make comments to the, the earlier caller uh, D and DC that I think the Warriors can match up with bigger teams with Minnesota and Denver, especially if, if the Kerr is a little bit more open and more creative. And exploring uh, to see like a different lineup, like uh, like Trace Jackson Davis at the five, Draymond at the four, Kaminga at the three, and Wiggins at the two with Stephen Curry to go up against bigger teams because 
if they do well and, and they happen to just sneak in the playoffs, they're going to be the eighth seed versus the number one seed. So that could be Denver or Minnesota. And I was wondering if you think that Steve Kerr will continue to explore scoring in the paint against bigger teams and using a bigger lineup. Thank you. Thanks, Steele. Well, well, that's something that I don't know if it's just a, a misnomer or kind of um, different now in the game. Like You can be a good interior scoring team without necessarily needing a traditional five or an offensive-minded center. Like They've been better in the paint when they've actually gone smaller and Draymond has played exclusively at the five. Yeah, because those guys getting points in the paint are not your bigs, but it's Jonathan Kaminga now is putting pressure on the ring, on the rim. And it's, Wiggins. It's yeah. Wiggins who's getting to the rim. So because you're scoring in the paint doesn't necessarily mean it's Trace Jackson Davis that's going off mm-hmm. or Kevon Looney or Draymond Green, but rather it's Kaminga now that's that's coming into his own, something that, that we've clearly noted. And yeah, again, I think it, it lends to that we're seeing a distinct personality in this basketball team, and it's everything that we envision on a best-case scenario. Yeah, so from the 707 of the Comcast Business text line, uh, Looney and Dario don't want to see them in the game at the same time because teams will kill the Warriors in the paint. I mean, Looney certainly hasn't played as well. I'm, I'm less uh, high on, on Sarge and have been all year than than maybe most. But no, it, the, the key to it all defensively is, is Draymond. Like, if Draymond continues to play at this level, and I hope that he can, but again, he's also had a 20-game absence throughout this season that I think has made him play fresher. But if he, if he maintains this level, I mean, they're going to be small in a postseason series, but... They've never necessarily needed a a, a big, um, at least for the last championship. I mean, you can go all the way back, and they've had centers. We talked about that last show. But it, it, Draymond Green can absolutely play the five, and this team succeed. I think that's what makes Draymond Green so special, and it's why his absence was felt in a lot of ways. So the fact that they have him back now, and hopefully he's able to keep his mitts off of someone like Yusuf Nurkic tonight, means that, yes, we, we can start looking at this team as not needing to have you know, seven-foot trees to go to, to to battle with the likes of uh, the big boys in the West. No, and it's got to be collective. Everybody's got to put a butt on somebody, and you got to go get team rebounds. It's got to be everybody. And they're still one of the best defensive and offensive rebounding teams statistically in the NBA. And so it's not just one guy. And that's just the way they've played. I, I'll add, we can get into this, and I want to do this, you know, maybe we can do it in the next segment. But I think that it's it's Draymond Green returning, has clearly been the reason, the cause and effect, why this defense has got better. And I also think that it's, it's again, getting back to the youth. It's just when you're younger, that point of attack defense, when you're young, you can move laterally, right? It's the young players that make this team better defensively. And with that being said, I, I said this last week, and I think that this past week really supported my sort of thinking, and that is I would like to see Clay Thompson removed from that starting lineup in the days of him starting and closing have come to an end because, yes, Draymond makes you better defensively, but Clay still remains a liability. And a lot of that has to do because of the horrific injuries that he sustained, but he cannot stay in front of guys anymore, which is why you have to help out, which creates three-point shooting. You looked at Pajemski, who started that last game. Not only did they get out to a commanding lead in that first quarter, which is something that the starting unit has rarely done of late, but I kept an eye on Pajemski specifically, and he had two hustle plays in the first two minutes where he was on the floor scrapping for a rebound. That's infectious. That's what you need to feed off of. And with Clay Thompson, you just simply don't happen. I think you regress when he comes back into the starting lineup. We can get into that. Ed. Well, I think it also helped in the last game that Curry made his first six threes <laughs> and 18 first quarter points. Well, but one of those it's probably going to help you get a lead. One of those possessions was a 50 50 ball that Pajemski got on the ground and made sure he procured and rolled to Steph Curry for one of those one of those threes in the opening two minutes of the game. So a lot of it is just, you know, in order for Steph to do what it is that he did, sometimes you need a little bit of help. And and Pajemski's that guy, just wire to wire, who's just going to beat you up the floor. And you can clearly see the drop-off when he's not in the game and Clay's starting. We can get, a, get into that at 10 o'clock. But, of course, we're taking your calls all the way up until noon here on Warriors this week. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone, 888-957-9570 is the number. Also, shout-out to the YouTube chat, powered by First North Credit Union. Now let's get out to San Jose. Bring on Austin. Austin, my man, how you doing? 
Hey, fellas, what's going on? Uh, happy Saturday. Listen, uh, I totally agree with what Dan was saying about Clay Thompson. Um, yeah, I think that uh, coincidence or not, the team played better the other night when Clay didn't play. And I think uh, that's something to watch. I also worry about Clay's disposition when when he's not doing well and how that affects the team. Again, I'm not in the locker room. But my sense is that uh, Clay isn't necessarily the most positive guy uh, for the team. But that, that's kind of a discussion maybe you can have uh, later on as well. I, I wanted to mention about Draymond's contribution, not only on the feet, on the court, but in terms of mer- uh, mentoring. And I'm generally not a big mentoring guy. I don't necessarily believe in that at the pro level. But you can kind of see it with Kaminga and Pajitsky just kind of rallying around him and the way he talks to those guys and communicates. And you can see that they actually believe in him. And it's not – it's not just for the press or media. I think it's actually real. So I wanted to give some kudos to Draymond, who gets criticized a lot for what he does in other ways. But I think he's not getting enough credit for really, really nurturing the young guys. You can see the result. And, man, uh, Pazinski, to your point, Dan, man, he's fantastic. He not only contributes on the offensive end, but his defensive intelligence is also something that's, I think, underrated. So that's what I got, guys. Happy Super Bowl. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I I think maybe people don't think about Draymond Green and, and mentorship just because of what he did last year. But you can make a case that since that point, and, and maybe someone like Pajemski, he's obviously aware of it all, but he wasn't here last year. It's probably easier to influence younger players that weren't on the team and witnessed what they witnessed last year. He's Listen, you, you can't lose Draymond. Draymond is just so important to that team. And how many times we talk about it, you don't see it in the stats. It's just his mere presence, man. Def- you just play de- better defensively the minute he's on the floor because you know he's going to jump your ass if you don't. And he's going to tell you where it is that you need to be. Part of it's mentoring and part of it is also, you know, being this, this sort of, you know, authoritative figure. He's like, it's almost like, you know, you have that hard math teacher if you ever took chemistry and suddenly that 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 Ken teacher doesn't show up because he's sick and it's a substitute teacher, then it's just chaos. And that's the Warriors without Draymond. It's like there's no there's no parental guidance on the floor. They need that dude. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why they probably gave him four years and a hundred million dollars this offseason, because they knew that they needed him or there was no way to get better if you didn't re-sign him. So I think Draymond's been definitely a reason for you know potential turning point. Kaminga's emergence and the stability, consistency of Kaminga has been a reason for optimism. Has Andrew Wiggins potentially re-earned his stripes as someone that's playing better basketball around a trade deadline in which many, including myself, felt like he might get traded or should get traded? 888-957-9570. I see a Keenan in San Diego. I want to get to you first thing on the other side, so please hang on through the break there. I also do want to focus in on the deadline and what it means for this team, the confidence from the front office in the current roster, how the roster sees itself, how Steve Kerr sees this roster, and if there might even be a reason for disappointment as far as standing pat at the deadline. Warriors don't make any moves outside of trading Corey Joseph, essentially for cash, and a second-round pick. Are you okay with that? Should this team have done more this week in addition to, of course, winning four of their last five? 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings, Dan Devone, Warriors this week, rolls on a 95.7 The Game after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.